Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast. We're hosted by Kendall and Jackie. And here we talk about everything well, horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and also the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, the tropes, and new episodes are launched every Monday. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TerranovaPod. And leave a review, five stars, of course, on all platforms that you listen. And last but not least, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And tell your dog, too. Cool dog. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's spooky season. <laughs> it is spooky season. I have like a very cheesy smile. You ever seen like those? Um, I don't know if you remember um, those munchinchins, little plushies that look like monkeys, but they had like human faces. And they had that that smile all the time. You oh, put I do. On pencils or what? That's that's what I look like right now. And they had the little clamper joints. So it'd be like ping, ping, ping. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the kind of smile I make right now. So yeah. Well, it's the best time of year. So. That is where I look. Yes, I'm so excited. Woo! And for those who play Animal Crossing, we're getting new items for spooky season. Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> and if you do play Animal Crossing, and if you're active like me, dude, hit us up. Hit us up on the Terra Nova Instagram and give me your Switch code or whatever. I want to be friends in Coney Island. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Every other day, I'm tw- tempted to get a Switch, so I understand. Dude, oh my god. And they're going to be adding like Dia de Muerto items too. And I'm just like, what? Oh, wow. I'm getting to make an ofrenda. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Very beautiful. Um, but so, as you guessed, if you haven't guessed, this is one of Kendall's picks episodes. You guys already know how I feel about Kendall's <laughs> picks. I'm not going to say, but what the fuck, Kendall? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you could blame me and you could kind of blame your homegirl Shay because she mentioned this movie. A while back, she was like, "When are y'all gonna do this?" And I was like, "Oh, don't worry, we got this. We got this coming." Yeah. Okay. The thing that I love about Shay is that she really does recommend good pit. Like she, she has a real good taste for horror. I mean, she's a writer, of course. She be doing it. She really be doing it. So shout out Shay. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm. I'm actually glad I watched it. Um. If you guys haven't noticed, I have a new Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> called horror underscore martinez and i've been talking about the witch just like one day and i'm just like well that happened that was nice oh <laughs> um, but yeah yeah i'm excited to talk about it finally yeah this is the season of ghouls goblins and zombies and witches and werewolves and all the cool stuff and vampires so it just makes sense to go with the title do 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 the witch <laughs> the 2015 movie i'm so excited to bring this to Jackie's attention, I had a feeling she didn't see it prior. So, you know, you know how she get when if I recommend something, she'd be like, oh, he bought the fuck up my whole life. And I'd be like, I'm going to hear this shit for at least a week. <laughs> like, I already know. No matter what I recommend, the movie could be bad. It could be average. She's going to be like, Kendall, what the fuck with these recommendations? But I'd be like, nah, I got to come through hard hitting every time. So, this is another one of those. <laughs> and like I said, Shay mentioned it a while back. We already had it on the schedule at that point, so I was like, "Oh, just wait, just wait. We definitely doing it because I, I, we, I, I got opinions about this movie, so just, just wait." Uh, and it's you know spooky season, so it's definitely that time of year. But that, where this movie tends to resurface, kind of in that uh, hereditary and midsummer type vibe of like you know a little bit of a slow burn horror. But it's just it's just one of those films that kind of <clears> people <throat> make sure they mention every year. Now I'm I'm assuming in part also because the title is just The Witch. It's such a simple title. <laughs> But I'll hop into the summary so then I could uh, hear how I traumatized Jackie. So let me get straight into it (laughs) and then we can get straight into it. For those of you who have not seen the film, it was a 2015 movie. Yep, 2015. 2015 movie titled The Witch. The director is Robert Eggers, which that's a really cool last name. I like the way he spells that. So (laughs) the movie takes place during the 1600s in New England and follows this family that was basically separated from, you could say, their colony or their tribe or church in some ways. And they kind of decide, 
not actually it wasn't really a decision. They kind of were banished from the their their tribe that they basically grew up with their, their their colony and church that they grew up with. They were basically banished from it because the father decided to question some of the decisions of the church. Anyone familiar with these time periods, you know, the church is pretty much the government and the law and order. So if you question them in any way, it's not going to be a good look for you. So in this case, the family gets banished. It's the, there's the husband, husband, wife, and their four kids. Yes, because it's two twins. The oldest is a daughter, Caleb. Yeah, so four kids. Nope, sorry, five. My bad, five oh, kids. Five. Sorry, five kids. Yeah. There's two younger twins, a baby infant that's really young, Samuel. So yeah, there's Samuel, Mercy, Jonas, uh, Thomason, and Caleb. Caleb. Yeah, five kids. It's a big-ass family, but that's how they used to roll back in the day, you know. <laughs> so they basically <laughs> get separated from their group. They say, hey, you guys are banished from here for questioning our rules. They're like, all right, cool, so be it. We're going to get out of here. Like, I still believe in God, but I don't believe in our leadership, basically. So they get banished, and they decide to go with it. They end up kind of living, I guess you could say, on, like, the outskirts of, like, what towns would be, closer more so to the forest. You know, they kind of have to grow their own crops, tend to their own animals, all of that stuff that comes with living in the 1600s. On top of being religious. And the film kind of is essentially a roller coaster ride of their religion being challenged and honestly their very existence being challenged by dark forces. Uh, some of which you question whether they are real or not, but it is painted very early on in the film that these malicious forces very much so exist. And, and this family's luck tends to go downhill very, very quickly with the disappearance of their baby. The older, the oldest. Their oldest child, the daughter, Thomason, she is essentially babysitting the, the son, Samuel, and they're playing a the game of peekaboo. She reopens her eyes. The baby is just gone. And anybody with sense knows baby don't just get up and run away. So something happened. <laughs> this baby is gone. And pretty much from that point forward, the whole family's luck just goes downhill. Their crops are dying. Their animals aren't producing the proper food that they usually do. Chickens are breeding eggs that can't be used cows are bleeding blood like just everything that can go wrong for this family tends to go wrong and they don't really have explanation for it all they're trying to do is hold on strongly to their faith to get through these hard times uh but the the loss of the baby i would say really put the family over the top so there's essentially a growing distrust not just towards thomas son but kind of kind of towards everyone in the family as the film goes on and, and you basically watch a family lose their sanity over the course of an hour and a half due to all of these hardships and it's really interesting you get introduced to a witch that you don't find out much about, but you get you find out that the witch base took the baby and ate the baby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Take pause for that for you guys. You're probably like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, the the witch ate the baby, as we've always heard that witches yeah. tend to do. This is this is the part when I messaged him and I wrote on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, there's a this movie isn't extremely gruesome or extremely gory, but there are definitely quite a few scenes that are shocking. And I think the there. Yeah, there's just a lot happening within the story between like the family's faith falling apart. Their actual sanity is falling apart. The malicious forces that they're facing, which you question if it's just a witch, you question if it's the devil, you question if it's the daughter that they start to accuse over time. There's just a lot of growing distrust and a lot of religious hardships and hardships, hardships in general playing at bay. And as this family is slowly falling apart, their children are being killed off, well, picked off. First, you get the baby that goes disappearing, and eventually Caleb, he ends up getting taken, and he resurfaces, and he dies. The twins end up getting murdered. The only one who ends up surviving in the end of the film, period, out of the whole family, is a daughter, Tomlinson. And she essentially makes a deal with the devil. As we, we understand it, she essentially makes a deal with the devil to live deliciously, as he said, <laughs> to live a better life free of hardship that she's been encountering the whole way through. And then she goes to dance ass naked in the forest with all the other witches <laughs> and they float away and she has a smile of happiness, which after which the fuck she went through after an hour and a half. I understand. But <laughs> yeah, that's basically the summary for the movie. We'll get into the details of it and chop up everything else now. But uh, that is it. Uh, the quick spark notes for that. For those of you probably like what? Is like, all right, this family, super religious in the 1600s, following the Christian faith. They get separated from their church, banished from there, <clears throat> and they are trying to live out on their own. And they discover some dark corners of the world in these forests. And it ends horribly for most of the family, <laughs> except for the daughter. She she makes it out pretty well, unless you include the trauma. But there's still stuff there. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll hop into it. Jackie, you've never seen the movie. Tell me, how you feel? What do you think? Uh, did I ruin your sleep schedule? What, what happened when, when you saw this movie? So, 
I watched it the night before. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> the beginning alone, I remember I got on Messenger and I wrote you what the fuck is out. What the fuck? <laughs> He's sacrificing a baby. Oh my god. And then disclaimer, a dog dies. So if, if you guys are like me, well me is different, but if you guys like, you know, are kind of sensitive with like animal cruelty or animals dying, a dog dies. And I was already kind of sad because I was thinking about my dog that passed away like four or five years ago. And I was just like, why? Why would you do this to me? Yeah, I actually um, forgot about that scene. <laughs> but yeah, I remember you were just like, oh, I forgot that happened. Side, uh, side eyes emoji. I'm just like, this guy. No. But <clears throat> despite on how shocking and crazy, I mean, for you guys who've been listening, you know this too, Kendall. Like, I I love horror, and I know how to, like, really break apart horror as itself. It's it's funny, because this film, yes, it's a horror film, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a horror film, if that makes sense. I like, think I'm following. Like, if, it, yes, it's very traumatized. Very, like, in your face, the trauma that's happening, the upsetting scenes that are happening. But the whole time, it feels... I mean, psychological horror is a thing. But it felt more like, like that. It felt more like a psychological psychological film. And then it, it really felt like a drama film where you're following this family fall apart. And the whole theme of the whole film really is religion, if you really think about it. Like, mm-hmm. how important a religion really is for them. And that's kind of how I took it when I watched it. Um, I wasn't traumatized as much. I was still like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I still play for other reasons. It wasn't because of the movie. It really is a good movie. It's very good. Very, like, like you're, like, on the edge of the seat. And you're seat trying to see what else is going to happen with the family. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, really, you're really invested, too, in the whole, like, family as well i mean the first opening the opening alone like it's just crazy you're, you're seeing them getting banished they're going they found this little like this like this isolated area they start you know, home for themselves you know thomason is just playing an innocent game with her little brother and then boom and then you see the witch like <laughs> Freaking grinding the babies like insides and blood and guns, just rubbing it over her body. Like, oh my god, yes. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I was not ready for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it just really felt like it was more so a psychological horror mixed with drama. Like that's what the movie felt like. For me. Mm-hmm. Still very good, really good film, but that's what it felt like for me. <clears throat> Okay, all right. For me, this is my third time watching the film. I really like it. Uh, it's it's a fun. It's kind of a fun watch in some ways. Like it's really interesting. It's really it it it's a lot to take in. <laughs> like I said, I yeah. feel like uh, I've always said this before. I feel like with a lot of horror movies, gore gore can be the scare factor, but I don't think gore is scary. I think gore is just nasty. Uh, so sometimes when people mm-hmm. are like, oh, that was really scary because it was really gory. I'm like, no, nah, it's just nasty. Like nobody really wants to see anyone's insides like ever. <laughs> uh, and this film doesn't really use gore much. Like there are a few things like, you know, a few few animals ripped apart or stuff like that. But it's not over like an overly gory movie by any means. But it it is it's a lot. And I feel like <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to sink. It was like really dark, really suffocating, uh, really doesn't let up. I'm not religious, but I can I feel for the people, not just because of their religion, but kind of their hopelessness in the whole situation. It's like you know sometimes you watch a horror movie, and you kind of go, "Oh, this family deserves it," or you go, "Oh, these people they they're gonna get everything that's coming to them because they're just like not good people or whatever," or just you know it's just something wrong with the family. Uh, with this particular family, I, I didn't feel like yeah. they were really like a bad family. I feel like they were actually pretty all right. I felt like they were they were like reasonably pretty well adjusted considering the time period. And just considering, like, how they even ended up banished to begin with, like, the father is basically standing up to the church. He's like, you guys are supposed to be leading us somewhere, and this isn't really getting better. And then they were pretty much like, oh, you're questioning us. And he's just like, 
you could call it he was pretty much like you could say it's me or you could say it's God questioning you. But I really believe in my faith. I just don't believe in your leadership. That was basically what he was saying. And they were like, well, questioning us is questioning God. So you out. And he was like, he didn't let that hurt his belief. He just let that. He just knew he didn't believe in them. And I was like, that's, that was pretty cool, which kind of, in my opinion, puts the family, puts the father and like a lot of the family on a nice footing. Like, you know, everyone else, all the kids and all of that, they're like that, 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 that coven or that group is all that colony is all they've known. But uh, the father standing up to be like, no, nah, I don't believe in your leadership is like was pretty ballsy. And it kind of put me on his side out the gate. So I was like, all right. Uh, let, let's funk with it But as this family starts to go to hell you like Damn I, did, I don't think they deserve all this <laughs> but, but it keep on no, coming yeah, for real <laughs> it keep, the, the hits keep on coming Yeah I mean What's interesting is that After Baby Samuel's taken And then You know the witch is doing whatever she wants with him And taking his insides uh, <laughs> Which I'm still like what? I felt like ever since that time Yeah ever since that like you know the family was in shambles. Like, the mom was just in deep depression. You know, the father was secretly taking his son out hunting and, and doing things because he needed money. Twins were, like, kind of all over the place. You know, Thomason is just doing most of the chores, trying to keep the family afloat. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because I, I kind of wrote down in my notes that ever since Samuel was taken, the land was tainted. Ever since he was taken and sacrificed, mm-hmm. the the corn was no longer growing. The corn was going was going bad. It was really getting brittle and going nasty. Um, the chickens was was basically like um, they're making stillborn eggs. Yeah. Um, the goat's milk was being tainted. It was just yeah. It just felt like ever since then, like the witch that that took them, kind of like chose them in a sense and and like one of the articles i read wrote that how like they probably were chosen because they were so isolated there was no one around them so it's like yeah let's mess with them let's toy with them and it's just like it really is crazy because yeah you're right like most movies when stuff like this happens you as the audience member are just like yeah, they have that coming, or like, oh, yeah, it's messed up, but so-and-so did this. And these are just innocent people yeah. who did nothing wrong. All they did, really, well, really what the father really did was talk up for himself, stand up for himself against the church, take his family away, and that's it. And that could be why they were targeted as well. You know, what they were, like, kind of questioning them. Whoever, like the witch or even outside. I mean, we're gonna get to the whole thing with the goat. Yeah. But that could be why they were targeted as well. And one of the articles said that that it could have been that it could have been like all the shit that was going on with them internally. You know, you're you're dealing with like they're dealing with their guilt, they're dealing with their sin, they're dealing with like their lust, their anger, and all this stuff. And that is probably why they were being weeded out slowly. And, you know, again, when I mentioned the fact that it's like a psychological film to me, because that's kind of what it is, the isolation, Mm -hmm. the paranoia, I believe this film takes place 62 years before the Salem Witch Trials ever started. So this is before, and I think this is when people are now starting to get in the whole like, oh, witch, she's a witch, she's a witch, she's a witch, you know, type of thing, like not trusting your neighbor, not trusting your whatever. And it, you can see it. You can see it when stuff starts happening. And they start accusing Thomason of like, I think she's a witch. And they start looking at her differently. And it's so sad because like, you out of all the, like, all the characters, you feel for her the most. Like, yeah. you sympathize with her the most because she's seeing all this happening. But yet she's being blamed for everything. She's blamed for what happened to Sam Samuel. She's being blamed for what happened to Caleb. She's being blamed because the, the, the twins are going running amok. You know, she's being blamed because her father's stealing things, not telling the mom about stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, like, give a girl a break. <laughs> like, leave her alone. Like, she's just trying to live her best life, do her job, let the girl be. But yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's just really very interesting, the film. And it, it it's funny, like, I, this kind of goes hand in hand with the topic we did before, the religion horror. Yep. 
because this is also perfect for that too where they kind of like try to emphasize their whole religion and like whenever they were suspecting her suspecting her of witchcraft her father was like like oh say this say this line blah blah say it correctly and like i mean that that's kind of what they did soon instead of witch trials they used their religion mm-hmm. as a front to prosecute innocent people which it's it's wild to think that apparently like years later after the trials finally ended <laughs> after they finally ended then they were like inhumane and then years later they were like oh well i guess they're all innocent then it's like <laughs> you guess <laughs> yeah like really wow okay yeah that um, shit was crazy and it's just it's yeah, it's and it's still one of the most like horrific things that ever happened in American history. To be honest, still one of the most horrific things. Yeah, no, nah, for sure, it definitely is. Cause like, I, I forgot I was talking to a friend about the about just witch hunting in general a while back. It wasn't talking specifically about Salem, but just like witch hunt in general. Cause you know, there's so many different podcasts I've done stuff about witch hunts, and I've listened to a few just like out of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of it's kind of wild because some of, some of it was economic. So some of it was because like men, a lot men died as well. Like women mostly were the ones who were the biggest targets of the witch trials. But like some men were killed as well. But some of it was actually in part because of economics. Like people, <laughs> people would realize, oh, that person's like really witch, rich. Like um, I kind of would prefer to be richer than him. Um, he's a witch. Like and, <laughs> and then uh, people would go through like yeah. the whole process of like trying to convict someone of like witchcraft. And it's like really it's crazy. Like mostly because like one, I never even considered if dudes were even like grabbed at all because it's just you know you mainly hear about the the women that were that were the victims so i didn't i never even considered if men were caught but they're hearing about the epic economic side of that mm-hmm. where people were just kind of like oh i want to kind of like cut down this person's life so i'm gonna just accuse them of being a witch and then it's almost it's really hard to prove that you aren't so then you end up dying and then now your wealth is like basically redistributed amongst the community which is really fucking crazy yeah yeah it's just it's just insane um, and there was an article too. It was just funny because like, I didn't even have to read the article to understand this aspect of mm-hmm. it. Is the fact that since they're alone, they're isolated. You know, you're watching the kids grow up. Caleb started to have like a bit of a fixation on his sister. Yeah, like he just kept staring at her. Like he kept looking at her breasts. And she just was like, the fuck you looking at, man? He's just like, what? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> that really was his reaction. <laughs> and, yeah. And she's just like, fuck. It's it, it, just so interesting that how, like, we've seen this before in other movies. It's safe to say. When it comes to films like this, where it deals with, like, witches or whatever, or someone awakening, we kind of see this a lot in other films where they use it as in, their sexual awakenings it's you know it's causing them to do this and that i mean we kind of saw it in ginger snap we saw it in jennifer's body yeah other films too like the craft kind of does it a bit as well in the characters like two of the characters they do it in a bit um it's just because like there's an article that i like that me and kendall both were, which was like really really interesting and they actually sat down a real covenant like a real covenant, like real witches, they sat them down to see this movie and give their own like aspects of it. They said the same thing that how what they liked a lot about the whole film and the whole character of Thomason is the fact that that was kind of like I guess the trope they used where they were using her like ambiguous sexuality that opens her supernatural powers that's what really awakened them you know she's coming in age you know her mom was talking in secrecy like oh thomas says it's a woman she's gotten her her bleeding yeah and you know not knowing what to do with her because she was such a young girl but she was also at the time that's the age when these women are married producing children and whatnot since she wasn't doing any of that stuff, they were like, well, we got to send her away. Let her be a servant, blah, blah, blah. So people won't, won't, won't look at her a certain way or blah, blah, blah. And I found that really interesting. I like the how they said that themselves, like the actual witches from the Covenant that said that, the how that's something they see a lot. And that's kind of real in a sense from what they understand. That makes sense. And... And again, we see this a lot in other films, not just primarily when it comes to witches, but also like any other film where the main 
protagonist who's turning who happens to be a female it's always that you know like vampire like even like the moth diary yeah you know like we see that in there general like and like i mentioned like ginger snaps is the perfect example of that too you know like also of that mm-hmm. um i still need to see that yeah and it's, it's just like it's very interesting but the thing too that i like about this is that they didn't make it annoying you know when some <laughs> films do it and you're just so annoyed by it we're just like Here in what way what is, how does it again. usually annoy you it annoys me in a way that is just like oh great here we go of course and they'll do it in a sense to like at a man's gaze or male gaze like oh look at me, me, me. Uh, and it's just like oh here we fuck like up. some dude in the corner being like man she's hot <laughs> yeah or like like that's the only reason why she's awakening yeah. not so much to, to gain power like like I said like jennifer's body yeah. ginger snaps moth diaries that was all for them to for themselves and then for this this was also for herself because she was going through so much shit ah, i get what you mean and um yeah and i like how they said like this witch said the hell i mean well, well i'm skipping ahead but like the ending was just so liberating because i mean when I was doing research for this for this movie, there was like so many articles on Google it's like, mm-hmm. what does the ending mean? Yeah. The true ending, like the true ending, like <laughs> the explanation for the ending. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about the ending for? And then I watched it. I wasn't confused. I'm surprised people were confused by it. Like so many people were just like, I don't understand the ending. What does it mean? And I agree with what they said that the ending was very liberating. And it is. You can tell. And it that kind of gave me um midsummer vibes. Yeah. The same thing. She was liberated from all that drama and dra- crap she was dealing with. Um, I think it was confusing for some people. I think the ending was confusing for some people because people aren't used to seeing horror movies or seeing movies where, like, I guess you can say the protagonist kind of partners with the villain. Mm-hmm. I think most people probably aren't used to seeing that in film, so it kind of it turns into, like, what the fuck is this thing happening? Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when a, yeah. <laughs> in the comic books, when a when a uh, when a hero turns villain like forever, you'll be like, hold up. Why did that? Ho- what? Hold up. Like, hold up. Why is Wolverine a villain now? Like, that's kind of what <laughs> it's kind of like that kind of thing. It's like, wasn't mm-hmm. he fighting Magneto the whole time? But now he's friends with Magneto. Like, it's like it's, it's, I think it's that kind of thing. I think that's why people didn't get it. And because so much of the movie is like you said, it's not really built from the male gaze. Even though the director is a guy, he, he I would say he has like the, he had the touch to kind of like not make it just like you know her having sex scenes and stuff like that to kind of make you discover that she's becoming more of a woman. It was more of like how people were treating her, the subtle looks that she was getting from her brother and stuff like that. Which, yeah, that, I think that's why it shocked people because I remember even the first time I saw the movie, I understood it, and it, this was actually the movie that made me kind of understand the witch hunts and witchcraft stuff a little bit. Like, not necessarily people doing mm-hmm. spells, but, I mean, like, it, it put into perspective for me how women were targeted at those older time periods, right? Like, is I, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we both were in a public school system, <laughs> so for, like, most of, pretty much most of our education. And, you know, you read all of these different books that a lot of times end up being about different time periods. Yeah. I can't remember a title of any of any off the top of my head, but I mean, like even through like junior high school, elementary school, high school, you're reading all, you end up reading something from like a different time period, whether it's like the lottery by like Shirley Jackson or something like that, which like I love that short story, um, or like even just other stories that just take place like at time periods kind of similar to this, and there's always like certain things that always get pointed out, and I think that's why I've always, in my opinion, I've grown such a sensitivity to the way certain things are mentioned. Because whenever the, we read those kind mm-hmm. of books in elementary school, it was always like, okay, so this, ta- it, and it's just like a generic cover, but this is basically had like the setup for a lot of towns usually being these kind of books. They go, okay, well, it was a nice town. Everyone lived happily. It was a wife and wife and husband at every house. They had maybe six to eight kids. There was always the town outcast, and it was usually like a woman who just wanted to be by herself or the town drunk or somebody who was gay and probably going to be killed for it. Like, it was, like, very specific archetypes, archetypes and, like, tropes mm-hmm. in these stories that, like, always stuck with me. So, but I never, I think I never was able to, like, conceptualize how it all fit until seeing this movie. Because <laughs> then watching it, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. I was like, so witchcraft, even if it was real or not, it was really just used as a way to attack women who who, uh, who stepped away from social norms. 
And I just kind of like drew that conclusion, yeah. but unfortunately, I didn't do the research prior to that to actually draw that conclusion. Maybe ten years sooner, <laughs> but but I drew that conclusion, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. And I went and started looking it up, and I, it was exactly that. And I was like, oh yeah, so that that's really what this is. And you realize actually a lot of our, a lot of the monsters that we that people celebrate in horror are actually creations based off of things like that so like with the idea of which is like we already mentioned it came from this whole idea of women stepping outside of social norms and then people whether it's a neighbor or someone else which one of the articles mentioned whether it's a neighbor or someone else going oh that person's doing something practicing practicing witchcraft because they're not trying to be like everybody else it was just like a matter of you trying to be different well she she probably could have been too hairy and they probably would have been like that's woman strange we need to do something about it she's doing witchcraft and then it's the same with even like werewolves and uh even, you know, a Dracula came from Vladimir and Paler, but like with a lot of the creatures that we've become familiar with in the genre, they usually are offsprings of like what people consider social nor social odysseys or social anomalies, which is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And, and, you know, props to Robert Eggers because he spent four years doing research for this project before he even did film, directing it, the process of like, like writing it setting it up like he really wanted to feel this movie to feel authentic to feel real and not like a typical like oh she's a witch you know supernatural type film that we again we've seen these things before we always know how it's gonna go we always know the story before we even watch it and props to him for doing the intensive intensive research for it meaning this man went to the library <laughs> looked up books, looked up journals, looked up articles, looked up real case files from the witch trials, used all of this stuff, read further research from other historians, put that in the mix, and that that's how he came up with the witch. He wanted to feel authentic. He wanted to feel real. And he did a really good job. Very good yeah. job. You know, like, it's, it's just like, it's amazing. Um, and then the, the, the religion that the family believed in, they were, uh, I think, Puritans, yeah. which is part of colonial history. And the fact that he actually went and read, I think the, I think it was the Geneva Bible he read that also helped him in writing this, this mm-hmm. film. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> like, he did a very good job. And I remember like, we did the feminism and horror podcast, uh, and then we brought her back for La Llorona. Like, you know, uh, uh, my God, like she said it the best. Yeah, Violet. Yeah, like Violet said it best. Indie films, they know how to really do shit right. They know how to really present a good story, great cinematography, great soundtrack to the point that it leaves you like, wow. And I feel like only indie films can do that because they're not following Hollywood norms. They're not following Hollywood standards. They're doing their own shit. And again, like, again, props to Robert Eggers for that. Because, again, he spent four years yeah, a long time. <laughs> doing this research. Yeah, because he really was passionate about it. He was like, I want to tell a good story. I want to tell a good a good story. I love how he said like an like a, like a what was it New England fairy tale or folk tale yeah. in the beginning is that and and I love how he kind of corrected himself where he was like it was supposed to be fairy tale I accidentally said folk tale yeah <laughs> because it's not exactly like a folk tale I meant to say fairy tale and it definitely felt that way you know like Cinderella's getting tortured blah 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 but instead of like the fairy godmother liberating her and saving her for Prince Charming, she did it herself. Mm-hmm. She liberated herself, which is which is really amazing. And yeah, like again, like he he really did did his, did his do his shit. Like he really did. Like he went back, read everything, even the cottage that they lived in. He was like, I want this to look authentic as if this was during that time period. And he had his set designer make a replica of that house. <laughs> yeah, I know that was hell. The way it would have <laughs> Yeah. The way it would have been if it was built that time. The cloth, the clothing, everything. Like, he had a great team. 
he had an amazing team to really make it feel like authentic like it's set in a time you know he had the you know the the, the acting director do the, the perfect dialect for the cast like hey you're gonna talk like this this is how you're gonna say things and it was just it was just such a good film like everything was just so cohesive it was just so great um but to go with what you said about the whole um them prosecuting women for just being different there was an article that referenced a historian elizabeth reese and kind of to paraphrase what she said she was like to the religion she was like uh puritans believed that the devil had an easier time gaining access to women who are physically weak you know more importantly you know there were social reasons for women you know more frequently attacked and it's because you know the stereotypes at the time held that women you know were predisposable of sin you know they were seen more for sexual reasons and they were tempted by material goods and whatnot they were like they were temptress other people yeah (laughs) and so she said that how like that's why they believed in that and that kind of goes back to when they were talking about thomason you know after you know everything was going on and there was raining and she was like that child like she's like the mom was (laughs) freaking out because she was at risk of more imperfection because she had just did her women who like you know basically she was saying she just got her period yeah and you know they were just like we need to send her away because she yeah, don't want to be, you know, tempted or seen for imperfections and blah, blah, blah. And she heard all that. And in her head, she's like, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And even women who couldn't bear children, they were also prosecuted yep. for being witches. Because they were like, she's a witch. She can't bear children. It's just like, girl. Yeah, yeah. I forgot which king <laughs> uh, it was. I think it was King is, uh, Henry or something. He killed, like, I think three of his wives or something because they wouldn't give him a boy. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. The monarchy was on, yeah, the monarchy was on something else. Let me shut up before Queen <laughs> kidnaps me. Yeah, so. people was wilding. And you know what's funny is actually there's one note you 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 forgot to mention. I have to mention that was really in that same article they were talking about the reasons why women are more predisposed to sin. They said that they seek guidance and they're looking for a guiding authority. And I was just like, that's really funny to say when you created a society where they can't guide themselves. <laughs> like I don't think the women back mm-hmm. then necessarily just seeked guidance because they were like I don't know what to do in this world it was like you created a world where they can't do anything without having a husband attached to them I guess they'd have to seek guidance in that place but you didn't really give them a choice <laughs> it's just it's really dumb that people could tie you into a corner and then make it seem like that's the decision that you made it's, it's really funny and you know what's fucked up is that it's, it's still like that today you realize that right like it's Still yeah. like that today. Yes, we're not in like you know a, we're not during the ninth state, like, you know the sixteen hundreds where it's a witch trial, but we're kind of in our own modern witch trial, you know where women are still being prosecuted or still being attacked because they want to be independent. They don't want to have children. They don't want to get married. You know they want to have this and that and this and that. And it's just like what's wrong with you? And then yeah, and then they can't yeah they can't get guidance for that either. We're like like. You know, how can I get help? Blah, blah, blah. Like, well, how would you just be like this and just lower yourself? Or like, you know, it it kind of goes back to, again, like what, what, what Violet said to like generational trauma. You know, we see it even in this time. You know, women are kind of seen as in you're created to just bred children and get married and do the house chores. That is all you're meant yeah, to that's, be. Yeah. That is all your job is. And it's, it's still like that today. Modernly. It's modernly, but it's still like that in some generations where it's just like, when are you going to have marry a whole bunch of kids? You know, you got to take care of your husband. You got to do this. It's like, what? No, I don't. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't do that <laughs> For sure, you don't. And uh, a lot of those things, like that you even mentioned, they were all like symbols of wealth in some way. Like, I, I know, you know, nowadays mm-hmm. when being married and stuff like that is a status symbol, which... I, more power to you if you get married. I ain't, I ain't anti-married marriage or nothing like that. I'm just saying, but you know, it's always, in my opinion, it was always nice to look at the origin of a lot of these things and like kind of how they got to where they are. And like marriage was a symbol of wealth. Mm. You know, families used to get married. People would be like, hey, Susan, you going to marry so-and-so because their family had a certain level of wealth and your family has a certain level of wealth. So we need to combine that. Like it was really a status symbol just as having so many kids. People were having kids because they needed more workers. 
That's really what it was. They need they needed more mm-hmm. people to work in the field to do all of these things. So you have a bunch of kids. The kids grow up. If they make it, a lot of the time they were having eight kids because they think five was going to make it. Because because it was just that's how the times were. So and then the kids that did make it, they'd help mm-hmm. raise the farm or help with some level of work. And then at some point, maybe the parents go and then the kids take over the farm or whatever kid decides to stay takes over the farm. And then, you know, maybe you marry off your daughter, then now you have more land attached to your name. Like, it's, it was all, like, a lot of it was a, a huge exchange of wealth. So, these things that are status symbols now, or, like, well, they were status symbols then. They're still status symbols now, just slightly different. And even with the way we, we treat women, mm-hmm. those things still matter. Like, you know, women have the opportunities. In a lot of ways, they have similar opportunities that men do now. Uh, of course, with the, some of the stereotypes that come with it, but they have a lot more opportunities now. It's just uh, how how they're dealing with it and what they with what the repercussions of it is what society seems to be trying to figure out now, right? Like you see dudes who be like, I don't know how people gonna deal with a woman who makes so much money. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, if your if your money if your your salary is attached to your manhood, that is a problem. <laughs> Whether you're with somebody yeah. or not, that is that is a issue. Um, because you know there's always that discussion, which I think is a stupid discussion, but people always say, oh, what would you what happens if the if the wife makes more than the husband? Does the husband feel less of a man? And I'm like, that sounds like a personal issue if you do. Because I'll tell you this much. If my girl was a millionaire, I'd be the happiest house husband she'd ever seen. <laughs> I'd be dusting, scrubbing, and cooking every goddamn thing <laughs> she needed. If you even do that. Because when you have that level of wealth, you still don't even really clean yourself. You just hire help to help to clean up. But, like, I would do all that. Like, it just it is what it is. Like, I, I feel like it's, at the end of the day, it's still a reflection on man. Like, it's yourself. What? What is what is your manhood attached to? And that's that's the thing that makes this I think this movie a little more tragic as well. Because I look at the father, and like I said, he I didn't feel like he was a terrible person. Of course, as it went on, cracking under the pressure of life, he became a terrible person. Uh, to the point where he locked his mm. children in the barn. He like boarded it up, put them in there with Black Phillip, and was like, "You motherfuckers, stay in here," because all of y'all with the devil. Like when it, that was pretty bad. Uh, even though he was praying to mm. save their souls. But like on like on a on a human level, I felt bad for the dude because you know in that time period, even now in some ways, but specifically specifically in that time period, the men were they had very specific roles. You were supposed to take care of your family, your wife, your children. You are responsible if anything happens to them. You are responsible if they do anything wrong. You are responsible if they make a left turn. They were supposed to go right. It is literally a reflection of you. Uh, is on you to raise them, to take care of them, and all of that. And, you know, parents still have that now, but, you know, with men, they take on a different level of burden in terms of what they want to be able to do and be in charge of and, like, running their household, quote-unquote. So, like, as his house is falling apart, because, like, he's like, yo, we run into a situation where we're going to be running out of food soon. My kids are disappearing. I wake up and my kids aren't where they were when they went to bed. Uh, I'm try- I have to sell off products. I have to sell off my wife's, um, like, family items so we can even have proper food. I have to do all of these things that I normally would have never had to do if I would have stayed with the group that I wasn't fond of. Uh, and then I'm trying to make make it look like the decision that I made to begin with to leave those people was the right decision. It's like he's just cracking under the pressure of all of this. <laughs> it's, it's like it's really tragic. Like watching it again now, I feel even more sad for him. Because I'm like, damn, dude, you, you weren't wrong for leaving them. But everything that you've done is making it look like that was the worst decision you've ever made. And it, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking. No, yeah. It's really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I agree, and also like when the family tends to turn against Thomason, like he he tries really hard to support her yeah. and be like, no, she's not a witch. Stop talk, talking to her about this. She's to my daughter. Like he still saw her as as his daughter, and he even asked her like, are you a witch? And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm really not. And I feel for him that was more so of like the religious part of him talking where he was just like are you a witch or are you not like tell me now like don't be lying to yeah. me he was like you can still be and forgiven even when she's yeah and even when he said when she's telling him like i'm not or you're not listening to me oh my god and then when he and she tells him like it's the twins the twins are the ones and when she when he takes takes her back to the the house and the mom's just like get her out of my sight she's this and that he's like no listen to what your daughter has to say really listen to her like he tries very hard to be a father who literally cares and loves his daughter even though shit is sitting the fan <laughs> yeah, like he tries so hard but then once the kids you know <laughs> twins who are dead then come back and he's just like oh hell no i'm done with this shit and then locks them up in the barn is just like <laughs> 
nah, I'm not dealing with this. Um, that was kind of fucked up, but, but yeah, it's just like, it's just, the whole time too, again, like, again, like I mentioned when I said, you know, I feel like ever since Samuel was taken, that the land was taken, taken, it could be because, yeah, the father's decision, it could have been that, his decision to leave, to go elsewhere, because it was pride, I think that's kind of what damned him, and then Ergo enters Philip. The black goat. Yeah. Which again, Pentecostal. <laughs> when I saw that goat in the only black goat there, I was just like, Yeah, that's evil. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's evil. Even I know that. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh I was kind of thinking that was one of those scenes where I was watching and I was like, I hope Jackie don't get mad at me later. Because, <laughs> you know, we already had the religious episode. And you talked about all the stuff you went through. I was like, I hope this movie don't give her like trauma flashbacks or nothing. Because there is a lot happening to this family and it, it feels very heavily due to their religion. Like, I don't think they're being targeted because of their religion, but I just think their religion is making the situation feel worse than it would have if they were like non-religious and just happened to be picked off. The religion just makes it feel worse because mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, you know, people have those those moments. They talk about like, I speak to God, but he doesn't talk back. And this movie kind of just feels like that as a whole. It's like they didn't do anything wrong and they're asking for help, but they're not getting help. At least not the help that they would they would want in this particular situation. Like that doesn't mean that, you know, God is wrong or anything. It's just that's what that's what's happening. That's what's unfolding. They're, they're speaking to their savior and they're not getting uh, any saving as far as I know. And that's. But it's it's like it's just really heartbreaking to watch them all, and like it, it was really sad. I, well, I didn't even really realize. I think until like the second time I saw this movie, was like not just they were sad that Sammy was taken, but they were sad that they never got a chance to baptize the child, so they feel like the child is going to hell by default. And I was like, damn, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I believe when I was reading the articles, apparently, um, again, what the fuck can tell? But anyway, <laughs> so when the witch grinds his intels you know up like he grinds all his intels up and like rub, rubs the blood and the guts all over that stick apparently that's actually what they did historically they would take un- unbaptized children uncircumcised children as well and then use their intels to help them fly that was a real thing that's crazy <laughs> i was not i was not glad that i read that though i was like why did I read this? Why, <laughs> why, why, why are we doing this movie? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but, but to basically like emphasize what, you know, you and I have been saying about the family and why they're being picked up an article that was talking about the significance of Philip, you know, because he plays a very significant role for those who have not seen that Philip the goat is actually the devil in disguise. And he doesn't emerge until after Thomason's already done with the shit. Her dad is dead. Her mom is dead. That she killed. Got a self-defense. Her twins, siblings are dead. And so she goes up to the goat and be like, if you truly are who you say you are, then talk to me. And he talks to her. (laughs) He emerges. (laughs) He's just like, here I am. But an article said that how... Philip kind of represents the deviation to God and the isolation after the banishment. Ergo, that's what the father did. And that how probably the reason why he's targeting them is because it, it's the guilt or the sin that they have. The guilt of them leaving. You know, the father's guilt of leaving. The guilt of Thomason because what happened to the, the son. You know, the pride of the father. The lust of Caleb when he keeps looking at his sister. Yeah. And, you know, the shame... And all that stuff that they're going through. And that's what's tempting Philip to just keep watching. And that's why things are just happening. And that's why I mentioned I had like, I think the land they were in just stayed tainted and yeah. cursed because of Philip. I'm sure they didn't think anything of it when they started hurting the sheep, starting to hurt the goat. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did not think anything of that. They're like, oh, goat. We just have this one black, black goat. I'm sure it's nothing. They didn't think anything of it. And so Thomas's was the one that kind of noticed because the kids kept spending way too much time with that Yeah, goat. singing songs and shit. And they were just like, yeah, and they were like, something's not right. Like, you're singing songs, you're whispering to him, you're, he's talking back to you, something's not right. Yeah. So, if anything, 
I believe, yeah, the kids definitely were were kind of like, I guess, possessed in a, in a sense. And for her witnessing that, I guess she was just like, ah, but the fact that she kept that secret too. I guess to protect them as well. I think she just uh, didn't know. Which is very interesting. I think she didn't mm. know. I like, I like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say, I don't know my opinion. I wouldn't say the kids were possessed. I would say the kids were tempted. The kid, the kids were impre- uh, mm-hmm. and what they, what they say, impressionable. Is that a thing? Impressionable. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Kids are impressionable, and I just think Black Phillip uh, set an impression on them um, more than anything else. I don't think they were necessarily possessed, um, which is why I think they were probably in part affected when Caleb went through the whole exorcism thing. I think because he he because Black Phillip put an impression upon them um, because they were singing at the beginning. And I remember rewatching it now. Uh, the one lyric from their song that stood out to me was the very first time I think you. The very first time you see Black Phillip and the kids are singing a song and they're like, Black Phillip, Black Phillip grows a crown out of his head, which is like, oh, the goat. <laughs> like, it's just like an immediate sign to the goat. It's like, oh, yeah, the horns is like his crown. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, of course, it's my third time seeing it, but it's just like hell of a lot of foreshadowing, foreshadowing right there. Yeah. So I think they were just impressioned upon. I think they were just impressed upon. And that's why they they acted not just that they acted the way they act. They were kids. So kids act a damn fool. That's just how they are. But I think that's why they were also affected mm. when um, when Caleb came back and then he seemed to be kind of like possessed or like hexed. I think that's why they were affected as well because Black Phillip impressed upon them. In Caleb's case, you know, he went out there and he saw a woman and he saw a breast that wasn't his sister's and lost his mind. <laughs> he was, free. and I ain't gonna lie, the witch was fucking beautiful. The witch was so beautiful. Uh, I understand, especially he's a little boy, so he really ain't got no no sense. Uh, but the witch was beautiful. Um, granted, it was because she ate his brother. But <laughs> the witch, the witch was stunning. Uh, the yeah. witch was very beautiful. So when he when he saw her, when he was trying to help out his sister Thomason, because they were going to take her to town to find a family that she can kind of be like an indentured servant to, and he was kind of trying to figure out a way to get around that. Uh, and then he, they're in the forest, and he stumbles upon this beautiful woman who's like in, near this house in the middle of nowhere. And he's just kind of like he didn't even say nothing. He was just kind of entranced by how beautiful she looked. Uh, and just kept going towards her. Then she like went to kiss him, and you're like, "Yo, this ain't gonna end well." And then it didn't. They couldn't find the motherfucker. Uh, you could They couldn't find him. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, well, that's the end of that dude." And he he came back, and he was not in good shape. He he was not in good shape. And I gotta give that kid hella credit, cause that scene where he was like basically hexed slash possessed, he was acting his ass off. I don't know what they told that kid before yes. they said action. But that kid was doing his damn thing in that scene. He was saying all types of wild shit. Yeah. He was just, the way he was acting, the smile on his face when he was like basically calling to God in his final moments before he died. That kid was acting his ass off and he looked like he couldn't be no older than maybe 12. So that kid gets hella props. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kid is going far. Word. When a kid actor can do a role like that and so flawlessly and so like, holy crap, there he's going to, he has talent. For real. Cause kid, kid, kid actors, children actors, like they need to be prepped. They need to be like you know talked to. Like okay, this is gonna happen, but don't be scared. He knew already. Like he was like, okay, this is what I do. Boom, I got it. Like he has a real talent for acting. You can tell. Um, and what's funny is that a fun fact about the scene when he saw the witch. Like <laughs> apparently that was his first time kissing. His first <laughs> ever kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first kiss and that's with uh i believe she's an australian victoria's secret model that uh they had hired for the role they you know brought her in the hand that you see that grabs the back of his hand that was another actress that was standing behind him behind her that grabs his hair so it's kind of like what they did with um the labyrinth with david bowie with the whole like you know if you guys watch the labyrinth you know what i'm talking about this thing when he's using his orbs and turning up the guy behind him doing all that orb magic shit. <laughs> that's cool. So that's how that scene happened. Yeah, because they wanted to make it more creepy. So they had two actresses on set for that scene. The older actress, you can't see it because she's behind the camera. Mm-hmm. But that was a camera trick. So they were like, just reach your hand and grab his hand, grab his hair. And that's what it was. It looked like it was her hand. Yeah. But it was actually two actresses on set, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was dope. That scene was great. Uh, I knew he fucked up the moment he saw that lady, because <laughs> their luck was already oh, yeah, shitty. So I was like, "This is this can't end well," and it did not. Yeah, like it was just the dog died. The dog was like ripped apart, insides out, and I was like, "What the dog?" Yeah. Oh, uh, and then I was just like, "Damn!" And then the oh, I love, 
again, I love how he said that how he wanted to call it a New England fairy tale because the apple, the bitten apple yeah. in his throat, he threw it out. And I was like, that's a nod to Grim Fairy Tale, to Snow White, the poison apple. Like, I see what you did there. Very <laughs> clever. Yeah, for sure. That was genius. Yeah, this movie this movie has a lot, man. I love it. It's like, it's like a period piece horror. It, has, it gives you a little bit of everything. I, re- I really like it. It's 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 so good. It's so good. And this mm-hmm. is the first time I saw the the actress, the lead. Um, was her name Anna Ty- Taylor? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Anna yeah, Anna Taylor Joy. This is the first thing I've seen her in. So, like, you know, before Queen's Gambit and all that. I saw her in this, and I was like, yo, she she's pretty good. She might be going places. And apparently I was right, because she's been in a lot of stuff since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's just, like, it's incredible. The whole movie is incredible. Like, the actress who plays the mom, I've seen her before in other things. So kudos for her to agreeing to doing an indie film, and kudos for, you know, the director for getting her to be on board with it. Um, I believe, I think the father, too, has been in other films, too. But, of course... The kids are, you know, rising child stars. But it's it's definitely good. And yeah, like, I feel like this movie has multiple genres. Like, it's psychological, it's drama, it's... Uh, supernatural. Dark fantasy. Yeah, supernatural and dark fantasy as well. Because it, ha- it does have a fairy tale as- aspect to it. In a sense where, like, you know, again, like, she's found liberation. She's just like, oh, my people. Yeah. Um, and then starts flying like Peter Pan. I, I swear the scene with when, <laughs> when she was like after she signed the you know the contract with the devil, she goes she's the covenant. They're all like singing and dancing and then chanting and they fly in the air. Yo, I don't know why in my crackhead mind, <laughs> I was like clap if you believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Cause you know how in Peter Pan he's just like just believe happy thoughts and you'll fly. <laughs> in this case, just eat babies. So and you'll I'm fly. sure that's what she. With <laughs> <laughs> her, she was like, "I'm free from my crazy family. I'm free." I would love. <laughs> and she's just flying. I would love to see the follow up the next day. They're like, "Okay, cool. You know that flying thing you did on your first day?" She's like, "Yeah, awesome. Good job." So to keep doing that, you gotta start eating babies. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I do, my brother. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I did. I remember the first time I saw the movie when that ending came and she goes in the forest and all those women in, and, and they's chanting and they about to fly away and then she flies away. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, y'all understand, you had a very rough week. Um, <laughs> So, you know what? I guess the devil don't sound too bad after the week you just had because holy fuck, girl, you have gone through it. Yeah, your family has been put you through it. They thought you was a witch before you even knew what witches were. They thought you were cursed. They, the crops was dying. Yeah, you had, I was running out of food. Family members disappearing. You was going through it. So this is, I guess, yeah, he really did paint you into the situation where this seemed like the best logical solution, <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah, and just like a couple of fun facts based on the coven who watched the, the witches that watched the I mean, I think there was like three different covens that watched the film. And one of them has said that how they noticed the the number of women that were chanting and dancing in the yeah. forest at the very end. They were saying that how, like, they would have preferred if it was 13 because then it would have it been realistic because technically there's 13 women always in a coven. That ties into the how 13 is an unlucky number. Yeah. That whole, like, urban legend of that. And so that's, that's one thing they said. And the chanting... Um, based on an article, has said that out. It, it was um, Enochian language, which is a language that they use at the time for magical ritual. Oh. So they, again, props to Robert Eggers for doing his his research for that. Yeah, word. And you know, what I want to actually also add props to the person who added the captions for this movie because the language is not necessarily hard to read, hard to like, hard to hear. But captions help like a motherfucker. Like, I watch everything with captions. That's just how I am. I, I don't know if it's... Me I too, just watch everything too. with captions. I feel like I, you you miss so many words without captions. I almost wish movie theaters had captions. Because mm-hmm. it's just so much easier to keep track of, like, who's saying what and what's being said. And then, like, really digesting it. Like, oh, that means this. And then that means that. Like, I probably would have never even caught some of the words in the songs the kids were singing if it wasn't for, like, captions. So, shout out to the people who got to do captions. Because that is a very important job. I've, I've done it for a few random, mm-hmm. like... 
short video clips for work before, but like doing it for a whole movie, I bet it ain't easy, but it is well needed <laughs> and so, so important. So thank you to the people who do that because I, I need captions in my life. It makes the experience for these movies so much better. Yeah. Yeah, especially since he wanted to be authentic yeah. in the 1600s. They speak a certain type of like dialect yeah. of English dialect. That's really old English. <laughs> you're just like, what? <laughs> so, again, amazing that they pre he prepped him for that. He was like, you're going to speak like this. This is how the dialogue is going to be. And they, they did it flawlessly. For real. They really did. Thank you. Thank you to Caption Guys. You guys are the shit. That scene where he, where the father <laughs> is praying because he because you know it's near the end and everything is going so horribly wrong after he locked the kids up and he's just praying to god and he's like please take me but save my children that is one of the saddest things i ever seen in a film <laughs> i was like holy fuck this is tragic like I, I really feel for the god the religion just feels the religious aspect just feels so real in this movie but that scene just just hit extra hard like you know the mother was going through it with her thing she started seeing illusions she was seeing illusions of her children and to the point she didn't even realize she was being pecked by a raven but to hear the father just kind of mm -hmm. laying out, just pretty much laying everything on the line, his everything, his his pride, his soul, his spirit, everything. He's just like, yo, please don't let these children die because of my pride, like, because of my decision. And I don't think it was his pride that made the decision for him to leave the group. But, you know, when you, is once again one of those things with being a man, if you decide to be that kind of man where everything is your fault in that time period, that's how it was. Your decision hurts everybody, so I guess it makes he it makes sense for him to feel like it was his pride, and it, but that scene is just really heartbreaking to hear him putting it all on the line to try to save his family. Yeah, yeah, but overall, not so bad. I wasn't traumatized. <laughs> I was just shocked at certain things. I was like, "Fucking Kendall." <laughs> <sighs> but it's fine. Again, I made you watch The Fly, so yeah. Holy fuck. Uh <laughs> I'll never forget that. That shit didn't imprinted on my brain. Um I watched the sequel by the way. Also horrific. I bet it is. You can't go down from there. You gotta go only go up. But um but yeah, it was definitely good. Um I would definitely recommend this film for those who are into like not just witches but like drama. Um something that feels more historically accurate. You know, it's, but just for a warning, a dog dies. That, that is, is a good warning. <laughs> That's just my warning. Yeah, I did not take into consideration. A dog dies. For now on. That is a very, very good warning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it to people as well. If a fan of horror or not a fan of horror, I think it's that kind of movie that you could kind of enjoy whether you like horror or not, in my opinion, because it's not leaning so heavily mm. into like the tropes of the genre that I think you could just kind of experience it for what it is. And as Jackie pointed out, with indie films, a lot of times they step away from the normal formula you get in bigger budget Hollywood films. Luckily, this film didn't have to follow that formula. So you don't have to worry about being like, am I super up to date on all the tropes? You don't really need that here. This movie kind of creates its own its own message of how things work. And it's not super gory. It's like I said, mm -hmm. it's shocking in some ways because you're probably like, holy fuck, like this people really believe and there's things really happening. But it, I wouldn't call it like a gory film by any means. And I wouldn't call it something over the top gruesome or disgusting to look at. Just more kind of shocking than anything else. Kind of in the realm of something like a Hereditary or a Midsummer, where it's like a bit of a slow burn. Except I would say more stuff happens in this movie than probably in, in some of those. Like, you know, it's one of those slow burns where like kind of like Paranormal Activity where everything happens at the end. Except this film isn't like everything happens at the end. There are quite a few things building as you're going through it, like me and Jackie, mm -hmm. we went through so many different parts of the movie. There's a lot of stuff building throughout. So it's not just like a hour and a half. Let's watch the resolution. Like, it's like, nah, there's, there's a lot of shit happening in this movie. A lot to take in. Yeah. And the fact that actual witches and covens enjoy the film, that should say a lot as well. Like, that should really say a lot to you people that even they enjoy yeah. it. So it definitely did a good job. And, um... Yeah, I was going to say something else I forgot. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> I forgot. I was going to say something else and I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned the whole, like, it's not following Hollywood standards. Because I forgot which article I read. That was, like, one of the, the sub-headlines of the article, too. Like, how you have to throw away your idea of what you know about Supernatural and which film. You have to throw that out to watch this film, to understand it um and it's true yeah, i agree it's not like any other film it's very different it's their own take again robert eggers did his thing with this film and the only tropes he mentioned that is repetitive in this film is the whole thing about the hair and the witches because apparently hairs 
are like i mean i'm talking about rabbits and bunnies like they're basically um i believe he said that how like there are sometimes witches in disguise or sometimes a devil in disguise like they're spying on the family and when you watch this film you're gonna get it because there's a scene too in the film in the movie that i'm just like how did that not die (laughs) (laughs) how did that not die so yep yes um but yeah Definitely good film, and yeah. Anything, anything last you want to say? Nah, I'm good. Enjoy the film. Check it out if you do watch it. Reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. If you have seen it, Shay, hit us up <laughs> and be like, "Yo, I finally watched it. Let's talk about it." So that's really it for me. And if you get traumatized, if you get traumatized, you are full allowed to curse out Kendall because <laughs> I do it all the time when he makes me watch crazy movies. So yes. <laughs> I know it's gonna be someone out there, like what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, that's Kendall. Why he? <laughs> like, how do you find this shit? Which that's what Jackie actually said. How the fuck did you find this movie? I'm like, I, I think I saw the trailer somewhere randomly when it came out, and I was interested, so I gave it a go, and I was like, wow, that was something. I, I'm very open to watching all types of movies, so that's that's how I end up stumbling upon a lot of these strange things a lot of the time like even aries that series stuff like that like these things don't get recommended to me i'm usually doing recommended these things to people because i just I, I i'll get bored sometimes and i'll be like i want to watch a horror movie then i'll literally go on google and be like yeah what are like the best horror movies in the past 10 years and then you know you get these massive lists and i'll read through a few random ones that i never heard of and i'm like you know what let me check them out and you stumble upon some good gems sometimes doing that yeah and guess who has to watch them <laughs> yeah over here, me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you signed up for this. Fun time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> again, spooky season. Enjoy it. We're still in Hispanic Heritage Month, so woo woo woo. Does it end to the fifteenth of this month? So, power to you guys. Word. And yeah, goodbye. Ooh.